Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Finally, we are back. It's felt like an eternity, but to be fair, everything that I've been talking about lately, as soon as there's something that pops up, I've talked about it on Mr. Sideline or our new podcast, Ball in a Day's Work. Tom, do you want to explain quickly about that? All right, so Ball in a Day's Work, um, it's pretty simple. It's a uh, sports media page. So basically, we've we've got it all. We've got a great website um, that hopefully we can try to link it in the podcast. Um, we have got we've got an Instagram at BIDW Media. Make sure to go follow it. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. We've been doing some breakdowns. We've got a Los Angeles Lakers team breakdown and a Milwaukee Bucks team breakdown. That's on our YouTube channel, Ball on a Day's Work. Uh, we've got a Twitter. Uh, we've got, like I said, we've got an Instagram. We've got a website where we're making posts, we're making articles, and we've got our own podcast. Uh, make sure to go follow us at Ball on a Day's Work um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you like to use, even Stitcher or something else. Um, it's it's everywhere. Make sure to go check it out. Um, we just recorded an episode last Sunday, and we're making another one this Sunday, hopefully. Um, so make sure to go check that out. But yeah, it's it's um, it's it's exciting. We're excited, and yeah, I think it's really cool. Definitely make sure to go check it out. Yep. And uh, in today's episode, we're gonna do the same thing I did for the. And first of all, I want to say one, I try to get back in the swing of things real quickly. I know I keep saying that, but the number of listens now this may be a little bit inflated because I haven't been po- posting a lot, but the number of listens are at an all time high. Like really, this basically this whole year. Uh, and I know I haven't posted as much this year as I did in 2019, but like. Still, I mean, the listens are pretty dang high, so I definitely want to, seeing that growth motivates me a little more to try to do a little more here still, focus on after the buzzer, but we're definitely going to do a lot of stuff on ball and days work and whatnot, so in today's episode, we're going to do the same thing we did in that last episode well over a month ago in a debate tournament. Basically, how it's going to work is, you know, there's going to be three uh, three rounds to start. I'm going to take on Colin, Colin's going to take on Thomas. Thomas is going to take on me, and then whoever's not debating is the judge, and whoever has the better debate scores a point. Early prediction: I will be judging. <laughs> yeah, and then the final round is between the people with the two highest points. Last time I won, and we're going to start off with me versus Thomas. Thomas is going to be pulling for the Bears, but we're going to be talking about who we think is going to win the NFC um, North. North, and you're pulling for the Bears. I'm pulling for the Vikings. I think it's actually pretty close between these those two teams, to be honest. So I see both sides, but Thomas, you can start it off. First, uh, we've, we've talked about this off the air, but we, we, we don't think the Packers are going to be great. Uh, all signs point toward the major regression. You look at, you know, how, how their teams didn't really improve. They didn't improve in the draft. They actually built for the future because they know they're not contending this season. Matt LaFleur and the Packers front office, they know they're not contending. That's why they went out and they drafted Jordan Love. That's why they went out and drafted A.J. Dillon. They know, they know they're not contending. And then you just look at free agency. Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have any weapons. That run game is probably going to take a step back. You look at their score in one-score games, they were very, very high. I want to say they were 9-1. and one. That's going to regress. That's unsustainable, really. Um, so all, all signs point, point to a Packers regression. So neither of us have them being a playoff team, actually. Um, but Chicago Bears. A lot of people are going to say, oh, well, Chicago Bears are the worst team in their division. I, I disagree. I, I completely disagree for a couple reasons. Let's, let's look at their offense, okay? Nick Foles. A lot of people are going to hate. A lot of people are going to say, oh, Nick Foles is trash. But here's the thing. He's he's two seasons removed from that Super Bowl run, and he hasn't given been given a fair chance since. La- last year, he got injured right away, right off the bat, and then he came back and he got, got outplayed by rookie quarterback Gardner Minshew. Now, yes, that was it was bad. But here's the thing. One, he was injured. He came back, and he was still injured. Now he's reuniting with Matt Nagy in Philadelphia, in, excuse me, not Philadelphia, in Chicago. And the offense around him, it's it's not great, but he's got he's got Allen Robinson, very underrated receiver. I think he's going to have a great season. He's got Anthony Miller, someone who's, you know, he's, he's solid. I think he's due for a breakout year. He's got 4,700 tight ends that he can pass to. And then in the run game, he's got, you know, the – the guy you can run to every play with David Montgomery. And then he's got a solid pass catching back in Tariq Cohen. If you look at it all together, it's not 
completely awful offense. I wouldn't say it's, you know, good by any means. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be sniffing the top 15, but I think it'll be okay. It'll be average. It'll be below average, but not nearly bad enough to keep them out of games. However, you know what's going to carry them? Their defense. Last year, you look at you look at everything. You look at sacks. You look at turnovers. You look at everything. The Bears' defense just regressed. It, it regressed completely. Khalil Mack took a big step back. It was terrible. It was they did not have a good. They did not have a great defensive year last year, like they did in the 2018 season. I want to say. All signs points to them bouncing back. They picked up a. Um, they. I still have Khalil Mack, who I think is going to bounce back and win Defensive Player of the Year. That's just that's just my prediction, and I think that the Bears are going to jump right back into being a top three defense. Then I think that's what's going to carry them. Uh, to the where win. where would you say the Bears ranked last season? Just at a like where like you said they're going to be a top three defense this year, right? I'm not saying this wrong. I'm just saying where would you say like last season mm-hmm. since they regressed, like top five defense? I would say the they league? were top ten. Okay, a top ten All defense. Right. Okay, but. They've got the talent. The talent is all there. Right. They just need to get back in that rhythm. They need to really come back and be a great defensive team once again. And I think they're going to be able to because everything that could go wrong for the Chicago Bears last year did. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was horrible. Like I said, the defense took a big step back. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And they had Mitch Trubisky starting at quarterback. And they still they still went 8-8. Eight and eight. If you combine that, there I look at their schedule. Their schedule isn't anything. It's not crazy. It's no, not- it's it's uh, the strength of schedule. I just looked at it. This isn't going to play a factor. Because one, I think strength strength the schedule is overrated. Both the Vikings and the Bears middle of the pack. Yeah, it's like I said, nothing crazy. And the, this division is not good. There's no right. one. I'm not yeah. like oh, the Bears are the number one team far and away. They're going thirteen yeah. and three. No way. Uh, there's no really one true team that sticks out that sticks out to me. But if I had to go pick on one, I'd, I'd go the Chicago Bears. They've got a great defense, and they've got an offense that it's not going to be great, but it's not going to lose games for them either. I think they're the best team in that division. I would say they'll go either ten and six, nine and seven, somewhere in that range. Again, I think they'll be a terrible division winner. Like if you look at all the other teams that win their division, I think the Chicago Bears are clearly the worst one. In fact, I would say that the Chicago, the Chicago Bears. Um, wouldn't win any other division in the NFL. I don't think they'd win any other division, but because it's the NFC North, because I really don't believe in any other team, I'm going Chicago. Okay. Uh, I respect that. That's It's actually close between the Bears and the Vikings, right? And yeah, I think the, the Lions, some people have been hyping them up. No, the Packers still have a chance, but I think they're going to regress. So it's pretty close between the two. When I look at it, uh, the Vikings, to me, I think the loss of Stefan Diggs, it's it, it's over. The, the it's not going to kill them. No, exactly. And it people think of it like that. I mean, it, I said the same thing last year. People once they signed Antonio around the Raiders, I'm talking about people are just like, oh, playoff team, you know, Super Bowl. Uh, what are we talking about? Then they lose Antonio Brown, and all of a sudden, I see people that thought they were going to be ten and six now saying they're seven and nine. I'm not saying it's gone to that extremity with the Vikings now, but. Uh, People have been like, oh, they lost Stefan Diggs. Listen, it's one receiver. And not to mention, I mean, they've got Adam Thielen. And they've still got their best receiver. Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs were not on the same page anyway. Their offense this season, here's how I look at it. Their receiving core, it's tough to say it got better with the loss of Stefan Diggs. Although I do think Irv Smith, you know, he could um, definitely break it. I wouldn't say breakout, but he could definitely improve and start hitting his potential. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, who they drafted. I think he – I wasn't a huge fan of the pick at first, but he, he's still a really good player, and I think he can fit in uh, nonetheless. And Dalvin Cook, now, as much as I'm a little concerned, you know, he could get hurt. I mean, he was one of the best running backs in football last year. And – all right, what are you doing, Colin? You, no, he's, he's just looking at stats. Okay. Uh, and then Kirk Cousins – Last season, I liked some of the things. In prime time, everybody's like, Kirk Cousins so bad, but he started to get a feel for it. So I'm glad to know coming into this year, he could put it all together and go a full 16 games, uh, being able to really perform in prime time, like the whole season, rather than just, oh, we started picking it up around week eight. So that's good to know. Overall, the offense, it's better than the Bears. I The Nick Foles edition, it's a nice one, but 
Defense. Now, yes, the Bears had the better defense. Vikings had the better offense. So that's, that's really a lot of it why it is close. Uh, when I look at the defense, though, the Vikings, to me, it's an intriguing situation. I wouldn't call them boom or bust. I don't think there's a chance they end up being better than the Bears' defense, but they could certainly be competent. Uh, and again, I don't. You can't add like you don't need to be. Well, I, I don't know how to phrase this correctly, but you don't need to have some stellar defense to win this division uh, if you have the offense the Vikings have. I'm not saying their offense is fantastic, but I expect Kirk Cousins to continue to get better. It's like he's getting comfortable in these big moments. And that was Kirk Cousins' big thing. He's a talented quarterback. He puts up the stats. He just needs to get comfor- comfortable in prime time. And he did at the end of last season. D- my only concern with the thing that would really get worse would be the receiving court might get a little worse. Uh, but honestly, I could even see it be get- getting better because Kirk Cousins, I think Stefan Diggs, I could argue, is more of a headache than anything. He had a couple big games, but other than that, he was just a headache. And they've got Justin Jefferson. Irv Smith could definitely be really good. And obviously, Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins is a great fit. Dalvin Cook, there's injury concern. But I- I'm not going to say that's going to make or break the division. At the end of the day, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, whew, I mean, this is the end. I know I'm not even saying that's a huge if either. We went into last year thinking there's going to be this big injury risk, and he ended up doing just fine. And it's one of the best running backs in the league. So I, I looked at this stat: the Vikings went ten and six last year, Bears went eight and eight. The net point. So the Packers obviously were like the worst thirteen three team we've ever yeah. seen. The funny thing is, in net points, when you look at points for and points against, the differential: Packers last year sixty three points. That was their differential. Bears, negative 18. Vikings, 104. The Vikings, yeah, I know it. They that, That's one thing that I looked at. Last year, they were pretty good. And listen, when I look at this Vikings team, they're really not that much worse, if at, if at all worse. I mean, they if as long as injury, they don't get the injury bug, which it, it's tough to expect. I mean, if I were to expect an injury bug with any team, it would be like a team like the Texans or something. Like the You don't just say, oh, the Vikings are going to get the injury bug. It's a possibility for every team. And they really don't have a ton of injury-prone guys on the roster. And when I look at it, I expect the Vikings to be right around where they were last year. They lost guys like Stephon Diggs, but at the same time, Justin Jefferson, he could be a good rookie addition. Irv Smith, he could finally show up. And you know, even look at Kyle Rudolph. I know he's kind of regressing, but he could be, you know, him and if Irv Smith shows up, that could be one of the better tight end duos in the league. And these two tight end sets in a play action system it, with, you know, a running back like Dalvin Cook, that that's that to me, that could be a um, something to look out for there. I have a couple. I have a couple things. Sure. One, Dalvin Cook, great running back. Okay, I got him in the third round in my fantasy league last year. Him and Christian McCaffrey just feasted on teams night in, night out. Okay, I, I love Dalvin Cook. I do. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Dal- Dalvin Cook. I think he's. I think he is. I think he is a really good running back, but. Obviously, there are inju- injury concerns. Even if you don't want to bank on an injury, even if you don't want to bank on an injury, there's always the holdout issue. Uh, now, if if that if he were to not play, or if they were to trade him for some reason, I still have faith in Alexander Madison. But I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be as comfortable if Alexander Madison is their starting running back. I like Alexander Madison. I think that he would fill the shoes of Dalvin Cook just fine. But I don't think Kirk Cousins will be as, as confident. And you say you, I see what you I, yeah I, I get what you're saying there. I am I I, I definitely am kind of on the same page with you there. Is Kirk Cousins probably wouldn't be as comfortable. Obviously, the run game's not going to be as good. But Alexander Madison, very underrated running back, and they've got Gary Kubiak there, who has that play action. I mean, he is the mastermind of the play action pass, and that's what Kirk Cousins thrives off a lot of. And Oh, the he no, no no not only the not um the play action pass although they run it pretty dang yeah. well the zone run yeah. so he's gonna give them those wide open holes and although um I do think Kirk Cousins won't be as comfortable even all season long it may only take a couple weeks and then he may realize you know what this guy can do it and if you look at it last year he wasn't comfortable till week eight anyway and they still went ten and six. <sighs> First of all, they went out and they lost Kevin Stefanski, which is it's a it's a big loss. But Gary Kubiak was basically yeah. The Gary Kubiak was the guy that you know. You looked at the zone run, you yeah. looked at the play action pass. As much as they're losing that with Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak was the guy teaching them all that. Yeah, and they still got him. Yeah, 
so they they lost they lost Stefanski, but they still have Kubiak. So that's that's not even going to be the big thing on my argument. If Dalvin Cook were to not were to not play, what made Kirk Cousins so effective last year? What made him so effective was the fact that he was better by not having to do less. I know this isn't a perfect comparison because obviously it's different sports, but let's look at Devin Booker. Devin Booker was much more efficient. He was better defensively. He was a good passer. When Ricky Rubio came in and helped out in the pray, and there wasn't as much pressure on Devin Booker. There were more options around him. Kelly Oubre took step forward under eight. Again, it's not a perfect comparison, so I'm not I'm not gonna harp on it. But if they don't have if they don't have Dalvin Cook in there, and let's say Alexander Madison just isn't that good. He's not he's a good backup running back, but he's not a good starting running back, which it's it's a possibility because he's a bit he's a bit unknown at this point in terms of being a starting level running back. What's going to happen to Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is going to put up great stats, but what's what's going to happen? He thrived off the fact that he didn't ha- have to do as much. Okay, that's fair. I think it's it's a it's a big if to assume that. What if Dalvin Cook doesn't either like gets hurt, even though there's no training camp and he's probably you know sitting at home right now, and uh, even though there's none of that, none of that pregame, uh, preseason stuff that there's less chance that he gets hurt in the preseason. You know, much smaller chance. There's a, that's a big if. I get what you're saying, but it is a big if to say what if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. Kirk Cousins is uncomfortable the whole season with Alexander Madison because he just doesn't do anything, and they don't pick up a running back that can be competent. A couple of things. One, I think Dalvin Cook being out is – it's not – I wouldn't say it's guaranteed to happen, but there's a big chance. Whether it's injury, whether it's holdout, there's a chance it happens. Yeah, And Kirk Cousins being uncomfortable is, it is just an effect of that. I think that would just happen if he wasn't there. Regardless. But he was uncomfortable for half the season last year. Based off of what? Did you see him in primetime games? See the first half of the season to the second half of the season. I mean, I guess, but let's look at that. Let's look at that. Playoff. And they still went ten and six. He let a game-winning drive in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think he was that. Un- I don't think he was that uncomfortable in the playoffs. Yeah, this this first half of the season, second half of the season. Can you actually? Can you pull up stats that'll prove? Yeah, that? I saw him on uh, Instagram somewhere. I haven't saved. So until yet. until I, until I can actually hear what the stats okay. are, I, I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt. But Here's another point I want to bring up. You're, the defense, okay? You've already touched upon how the Chicago Bears' defense is is um how to how to is better. It, it's it's better. Let's look at what the Vikings lost defensively. Their their top three corners: Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, and their three defensive linemen: Everson Griffin, Linville, Linville Joseph, and Stephen Weatherly. They lost a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, and the, with their first round pick. They, they used it on a wide receiver. Now, granted, they probably needed that wide receiver, but I'm also a little concerned about the fit. I I, I am. It's just, who's going to, like, what's, what are they going to do? Are they going to rather, both of them are comfortable in the slot. That's just Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both slot receivers. Are you going to take, are you going to tell your star wide receiver, hey, go play somewhere where you're not Well, I already said, I was already talking about that. Before. I know, but it's, it's a legit, it's a legitimate concern. They lost a ton of talent defensively. They, they they did. It's just what happened. Um, and then offensively, you know, there's a chance Alvin Cook sits out. Uh, there's a chance that Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson don't mesh, and there's a chance that Kirk Cousins isn't as comfortable. And I know that that's an l- awful lot of chances, but I think some of them are. What really- if Dalvin Cook plays? If Dalvin Cook plays, I think either way, or he only misses a couple weeks. I think a couple weeks would be. I don't. It's not significant because at the end of the day, I'm not running backs don't matter. Too much on winning. Uh, that's a, that's not a topic I want to get into right now. Um, but even even so, I think Dalvin Cook. I think teams are going to be able to catch on. They ran the fourth most. They ran the fourth most times out of any team in the NFL. Out of any team. So I I think teams are going to be able to catch on to that. I think they're going to be able to. I think they're going to attack the run game more. I think they're going to go at Kirk Cousins more. Um, without a true deep threat in Stefan Diggs. Uh, and I think I think they're going to realize that the Vikings, they aren't one-dimensional because they've still got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But if they can slow down that run game, I'm not – I don't know I don't know how, how good the, the Vikings are really going to be on offense. As good as Kirk Cousins is, I'm a Kirk Cousins believer. I think he's a, I think he is a great quarterback. But I just I, – I have my concerns. I do. I'm trying to find some of these. Th- I couldn't. It, it was a long time, but I'm trying to look at the game log now. But 
with the Bears, I mean, we came in with high expectations for them last year, right? I mean, a lot of people were saying, this team, I mean, they could go 12-4. and four. They could be a Super Bowl contender, and they ended up being a mediocre team. So, as much as I'm, the, the expectations are certainly lower for them this year, even though some people like yourself think they're going to win the division. But, you know, I, I think just that's – I thought we push it. I thought that was about to end. To 20 minutes, not 30. Uh, but when I look at the Bears, I think it's going to be close between the two teams. The Bears have the better defense. I think they are going to be a little better than they were last season. Uh, but the Vikings, I do think as much as some people think like the Stefan Diggs loss and their defense, I think they could definitely be 10-6 and six again as well. You know, uh, if Dalvin Cook plays the whole season or even near the whole season – Kirk Cousins, he's going to be instead of comfortable half the season, comfortable the whole season this year. Uh, and you got guys like, again, Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson that could definitely make up for the loss of Stefan Diggs that I honestly don't think is that huge. He was, uh, I'd argue, more of a headache to Kirk Cousins than an actual help. And defensively, they lost pieces. Their defense isn't as good as the Bears. I think we've already established that. It's going to be very close between the two. Let me keep looking at the game log and see if I can fine it doesn't even say like the times or anything which is kind of annoying so uh, i well, well i i'm just what's the point you're trying to make here that's that's just my question i'm like what what's that the bears that the vikings are gonna win the division well obviously but what, what like what the bears okay I, I i'm not gonna get too into it but the bears have the better defense i don't see that as debatable and an offense i think I think the Bears' offense compared to the Vikings, I think the Bears' offense is closer to the Vikings' offense than the Vikings' defense is to the Bears' defense. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. Nick Foles, again, I am not going to buy into this narrative that Nick Foles is trash. I, I just I don't believe it. I want to see it for myself. We've uh, Obviously, system quarterback, fine. That's that's fair. Sure. But I want to see. I want to give him another chance. Last year, it was terrible. The whole situation was awful. He was an injury, and then he got replaced by Gardner Minshew. Okay, how can we blame that on Nick Foles? He came back. He was injured. He didn't have time to adjust to the system, and his weapons weren't that great. He had like DJ Chark and uh, DD Westbrook. Like, like how can we fully blame Nick Foles for what happened last season? Like, I'm just not gonna buy into the narrative. That Nick Foles is not a good, not a good quarterback. I think this is the year. This is the year we are going to have to see that whether or not Nick Foles is legit. That's just that's, that's with the with the close like the closer thing. Wouldn't you argue that in the AFC South? I think there's some better examples potentially, but this one just comes to mind. Wouldn't you argue that? I mean, it's just the same thing. Wouldn't you argue that the Broncos offense? I this is a tough one because. Any, I think I can think of a better example because there's definitely one out there. Because it, let me, not, let me just think for a minute because I think I think I can make this point, but there are better examples out there. Like then, what? It, like Denver Bronc? Like oh, are you saying like the Denver Broncos offense is closer to the Chiefs than the Chiefs? Yes, but I think there's a better example out there. Gotcha. But yeah, I just. I don't know, man. I, I'm not confident in any team. Okay, I'm not fully confident right. the Bears are going to win. The Vikings win wouldn't surprise me. The Bears, if the Packers win, that would surprise me. Heck, if the Lions win, it wouldn't surprise me because they because of their offense. I think they've got a great offense. I'm not getting the Vikings. But, here's my thing with like the Bears. The Bears, I mean, they came out of no, they came out of the woodwork, and then they have these huge expectations, and they they disappointed. The Vikings have always been like a consistent team in it. So that that's the thing, like. With me, I, and I'm not saying the Bears are boom or bust this year because I don't see them being this 13 and three team again out of the woodwork. Like it's gonna be close between either, you know, with the Vikings, they're a guaranteed, you know, I'm not saying guaranteed, but there's a very good chance they're going to be, you know, right around the same records last year. The Bears, I don't know how to put this, but the Vikings, I mean, they're just a consistent team. I could very well, I think their maximum is about 11 wins, and their minimums about eight wins. Okay, something like that. And then with the Bears, I mean, I don't, I can't really see them going worse than eight and eight. But there's a chance, you know, they, they, I'd say their ceilings and floors are very similar. The more that I think about it, but the the Vikings, they're just a more trustworthy team, in my opinion. 
even so, even so, the only real issue with the Bears, I mean, their weapons aren't great. I mean, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Cole Komet, it's not it's not amazing. The running back duo, I, I think David Montgomery is going to have a bounce back year. I think Tariq Cohen is going to be solid. I think those two fit very well next to each other. But the real issue is quarterback. That's I don't think – I think we can all agree that the real issue with the Chicago Bears is a quarterback. Give them Patrick uh, – okay, that's a terrible example. Even give them, like, a like a solid quarterback. Give them a Tom Brady, and they might be a playoff team. And Tom Brady, you know, not prime Tom Brady, but Tom Brady as of the right now. Yeah, well, Nick Foles isn't Tom Brady right now. That's, that's obviously not what I'm getting at. But what I'm saying is they finally have a choice. They finally have competition for Mitch Trubisky. They finally have two guys that can go out there and can yeah, battle. Yeah, but the fact that Nick Foles is has to compete with Mitchell Trubisky should just tell you what their what their quarterback situation is right now. Well, wouldn't any quarterback would would have to battle with with their star? unless you're unless you're a top tier talent like Patrick Mahomes, like anyone's replacement. If Tom Brady walks in, is anybody saying? Oh, this is going to be a battle. Let's see this battle play out between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. No, but when it's Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, although most people think Nick Foles will start, people are still considering a quarterback, you know, competition. Yes, because people because people believe in the Nick, Nick Foles, Foles is certainly an upgrade, and he's a competent quarterback. But I mean, the fact that people are considering this a competition between him and Nick Foles should just tell you because because they they think that because they buy into the Nick Foles is bad narrative that's just the truth people i've been in arguments with people that say nick Foles is trash he's not a good quarterback okay and i i don't i'm not gonna believe it this is gonna be the year if if nick Foles is trash this year yeah he's trash we can all sit here and call him garbage but but i mean even the bears have said they're not shutting the door on starting mitchell trubisky this year yeah because what if nick Foles is trash you've also you've obviously got to consider that yeah but it just that should just show you what their quarterback if they had a some good, you know, a guy like even on Tom Brady's level, like a fringe top, which here's my thing. They don't need a Patrick Mahomes to win this division or even a Tom Brady. They can very well win with Nick Foles, but that's the thing. You're saying their big issue is quarterback. And although Nick Foles is an upgrade, it should just show you that it's still an issue if we're sitting here saying Mitchell Trubisky could win the job over Nick Foles. The only reason it's an issue, it's, it's a quarterback competition in right now is because of how much of an unknown Nick Foles is, right? We've a lot, two seasons ago. He was a backup. Okay, he was a backup quarterback, and then last year he got outplayed by a rookie. So yeah, there are legitimate concerns. This could be a quarterback battle, but there's also, I, mean, I would say, there's a injury. chance that Nick Foles goes out and proves that he's better than Mitch Trubisky, whether it's by a big amount or a small amount. It's an upgrade. And while you could say, oh, well, you know, the fact that, you know, this is even a quarterback battle. Nick, Foles, sad, has, Nick Foles has been in the league for a while, and he's only really had success with the, the Eagles. When have we? Okay, when have we ever seen him? In a he's coming at it, almost every season you played. He's coming at some point. I know it's smaller stints, but it's it's an it's too small. I can't look at it now because or else this recording is going to delete. It's but. it's too it's too small of a sample for me. I'm not shutting the door. I'll I'll, I'll check I'll check right now. I think I I've said all I need to say. That's just that's okay. my that's my per, that's my personal opinion. Just because again, I think it all comes down to whether or not you believe Nick Foles is trash. That's what well, I, that, I, nobody. I don't think. I don't think Nick Foles is trash, but it just, it just shows you that if quarterbacks, he's again, he's an upgrade against Mitch Trubisky. Uh, up, you know, compared to Mitch Trubisky, I think most people think he will start, and he's an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. But if quarterbacks an issue, and it, it should, if quarterbacks an issue for this team, and they need what would really set them over edge. Again, they can win with Nick Foles at quarterback, but if a good quarterbacks what. Needs to set them over the edge, and we're sitting here saying Mitchell Trubisky could starting in Nick Foles. That just that just shows you they still have work to do with the quarterback position. Like you said, though, they could still win the Nick Foles quarterback, and even so, the only like, wait, what did you say? I didn't hear you. You said yourself they could still win the Nick Foles at quarterback, and yes. the only reason this is a battle right now is because people still believe in the Nick Foles is trash no. narrative. It, it's the truth. It's the truth. People still believe that. No, it's even that the Bears themselves have said they're not shutting the door on Mitchell Trubisky. There's a ch- you even said there's a chance Mitchell Nick Foles is trash. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So and there's a chance. I'm saying yeah. we can't fully we can't fully sit here and say that Nick just Foles like is there's trash. a chance he becomes this this Tom Brady esque. Okay, I don't think right? he's going to be a Tom Brady esque quarterback. What I'm saying is there's a chance oh. he comes out 
and he proves, you know, hey, I'm not a star. I'm okay. not a Patrick Mahomes, Nick but Foles, I'm solid. Nick I'm Foles. serviceable. I can get the job done. But some people don't even think he can do that. You're right. It isn't a great sample size. He's 31 years old, and he's played 58 games. Uh, and this isn't even counting the playoffs. Here's the thing. It's basically been a completely different era. Would you say, Nick? Okay, wait. First, can what? I just throw in these games real quick? The games played. Okay. Yeah. The small, I get what you're saying about the small sample size since Nick Foles has been in Philly, but small, I, all right, this is, I get what you're saying there, but Nick Foles has played 58 games. Mitchell Trubisky has played 41, and Patrick Mahomes has played 31. Uh huh. The fact that Patrick Mahomes is almost, is only halfway to Nick Foles's, to, to Nick Foles's total games played. And the fact that he's played almost four times less the seasons is sad. It, then that's just telling you how sad this quarterback situation is. What I'm not I'm not following. You, what? So you just said the fact that Patrick Mahomes is already halfway, mm-hmm. it despite playing only. Like but you're a arguing fourth. it's a small sample size when that's you're not arguing. I mean, excuse me, you're arguing that's not a small sample size. Then what would you call it? Especially, consi- you're saying it's not a small sample size. Nick Foles over yeah. his career. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's played 58 games. I'm telling. Here's what. Here's hey, what I'm- oh, how we've seen him play. He, he has a small sample size since Philly. Sure. No, that's not even. That's not even what I'm. Well, yes, that is what I'm arguing yeah. because we've since he won the Super Bowl. He he was in Philly and he started he's back. Like, he was like, back up. Okay, he had a, he wasn't anything great. He's seventy two um, completion percentage, seven touchdowns. But yeah, also what I was talking about was you said, yeah, I'm talking about post Philly. But he's played fifty eight games over his career, so I guess the point I was getting at is, remember I said he's really only been good in Philly, and you said, well, he hasn't really played in other places. I mean, I, you're right. I mean, his biggest sample size has been in Philly, but I mean, you're right in a way, but still. He's he played nearly a whole season as starter in St. Louis, uh, oh. and yeah, and then he played in Kansas City as a backup, and then obviously in Jacksonville. And then here's the thing about um, I mean, you here you go ahead. St. Louis, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this was this the Jeff Fisher era? 2015. So yeah, I mean yeah. Well, you look at this Bears offense. I'm not talking about the offense. I'm talking about Jeff Fisher. He's okay. reuniting with a former Philly coach in Matt Nagy. This is not a Jeff Fisher situation where he has terrible weapons with the Rams. The Rams were a terrible, okay. terrible offensive team before they got Sean McVay. Terrible. There's no, there's no excusing it. They've had bad wide receivers. They've had bad quarterbacks. It, it, everything about their offense has been terrible. But if we, if we really look outside, like you know, I'm not gonna throw, I'm not gonna throw his time with the Rams out the window because it's just, it doesn't work. But yes, he was bad, no doubt. But there are some reasons for there are some reasons for that. And despite that, they went four and seven, which you know it's not anything great, but it's not it's not it's not terrible. You know, one one win difference that's five and six. That's at least average. Philadelphia, since he played in Philly, he was the backup um, last year and went and went four and one. He went four and one. Now, granted, that was in the Philly system, and then last year in Jacksonville, I, I don't care what anyone says. That, that is, does that really count? No. Thank you. I rest my case. Uh, so so we can come to the consensus that he's only been good in Philly. And yes, he's reuniting with Matt Nagy, but Matt Nagy was also the guy who was supposed to mit- get Mitchell Trubisky, the second overall pick, to hit his potential. So I, I agree he has that experience with Nick Foles, so I do hope that they can transfer some of that. But at the end of the day, those are not the same weapons he had in Philly in the same exact exact system because all I'm saying, I, you're right. He has only been good in Philly. That's not that's not deniable. That's not nah, that's a fact. But we've also never truly seen him in a in a at least a solid system outside of Philly. Yeah. Or and I don't think this is a, you know I'm not sold that this is even a solid system right here. I mean, it, it's it's an Maybe at, like what do you define solid to me then? Solid, middle of the pack, not okay, not great, not bad, okay. somewhere in the middle, average. But this system isn't better than what what, what we saw in Philly. Sure, yeah, I yeah. agree. Because so you know, 
he, he, I so know he, he'll be worse than he was in Philly, but he'll be better than he was in Saint. He'll be like solid. Well, sure he'll be okay. So. That's what I'm. That's what I'm betting okay. on. And then you take all that around him. You take the great defense. You know, Dave Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. That's makes up for. It's a competent, a competent run game. Depending on if Montgomery can stay healthy, I think this team has it. I've, I, I think I've said all I need to say. Well, I just guess it, it goes to. I mean, I get what you're saying, but. So at the end of the day, the fact that Mitchell Trubisky could there say, you know, there's still a you know good chance he I mean the fav, the odds are in Nick Foles' favor, but it just goes to show you that this team that his biggest hole is quarterback, uh, in the fact that they brought in Nick Foles, who doesn't even it's still competition with Mitchell Trubisky, I guess what I was gonna say. I worded it better earlier, but I, you know. All right, I'm just repeating myself at this point. So we both said what we were gonna right. say. I think you both had two pretty good debates, but I'd say the best debate here is Thomas. Yeah, I knew he was gonna go. Definitely. Who, who would you? Who would you say though? Would you? Do you? Would you? I, you can think the Packers, but if you had to pick, who would you bet on to win the division out of the Packers and the Bears? And the excuse me, but I think it's the Bears. I I would. Hmm. I mean that debate. I, I'm going with the debate. Like I don't know what. I'm not really big into like sports like you guys are, so I'm going most of like if someone ever asked me a question in real life, like who do you think would win this division, I'd probably go with the Bears just because I've heard this argument, right? And it was better than the argument for the Vikings. So that's all right. Uh, so you guys, you guys can go. All right. We we haven't. I, I believe uh, we haven't decided uh, on ours yet. Um. All right. Now we are going to. Get to Colin versus Thomas, so I'm just going to judge this, and you two can take it away. All right, so the debate is going to be, who is the biggest, um, or maybe not the biggest, but who is a bigger empty stats guy in the league? And when we say empty stats, we basically mean someone that puts up big numbers, but basically is taking advantage of the fact that their teams are awful and aren't really as good as their numbers say, but more benefit from the fact that there's no one else good on their team. So they can take as many shots as they want to, and they can, you know, have numbers that say they are better than they are. So let's get right Colin. Well, I'll start with you. Let's go. Uh, for my player, I would be picking Devin Booker uh, as the king of empty stats, just because he spent all of his career on the Phoenix Suns, who his best player, who has played with him when he was putting up big numbers, it's probably Ricky Rubio. Um, it, I, I'd say DeAndre Aiden's better, but helping more toward the team. In terms of winning. Like, yeah, yeah okay. it would be Ricky Rubio. Uh, let's see here. He's put up just last year uh, was his best team around him. He put up. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, God, I got the wink. Oh, it's. He put up 26.1 points per game. He had 6.6 assists, 4.2 rebounds. Forty-eight. Forty-nine percent from the field and thirty-six percent from three. Yeah, you can move that. So, uh, is that it? <laughs> yeah, let's just start off by saying their stats and then we can focus. Okay, fine. So Eric Pastrell, at first glance, if you look at his stats, you aren't going to say, "Oh man, wow, empty stats." Um, but I'll I'll get into the reason later. But he's putting up fourteen points, four point six rebounds, uh, two point one assists. Uh, shooting 40, uh, 49.7% from the field and 28.73. So you can, do you want me to get into my argument? Or? Yeah. All right. Here. First of all, looking at Devin Booker and Eric Paschal, okay, who who's better? Devin Booker or Eric Paschal? Uh, Devin. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Devin Booker. Who is the worst, who had the worst team last year? The uh, Warriors. Who were the worst last year? Oh, last year, uh, the Suns. Warriors of the Suns. Okay, let me let me inform you guys of a simple fact. So the Warriors. Wait, why are you informing me? I'm just the judge here. I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm informing 
both of you on this fact. Hey, me, I need to. Last I'm year, no. you want to you want to know some of the guys that were getting you know some I don't want to say significant minutes, but they were getting some some pretty good playing time. Okay, Damian Lee was getting twenty nine minutes a game. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson was getting twenty one minutes a night. Um, Michael Mulder was getting twenty nine point five minutes a night. Um, uh, Alan Smile Alan Smilajic. He was getting he was getting some uh, some playing time. You've got Chasson Randall. He was getting some playing time too. So the Warriors team was awful. They were playing G League guys. They were playing some bums. Never heard of any of those. Exactly. Kai Bowman, twenty two point six minutes a night. They were playing absolute scrubs night in and night out. At least the Phoenix Suns had Ricky Rubio, who was who was very solid last year. Was second in assists per game. DeAndre Ayton, who was one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Um, average like 19 points per game, 12 rebounds, something like that. The Suns are a good team. But when I'm talking about empty stats, I look at Eric Pestrell and I say, hey. No, wait. Did you just say the Suns are a good team? Well, better. <laughs> better than the trash. Compared to the Warriors team. Compared to that Warriors team, both okay, G well, leaders. Yeah, well, yeah. They're wait. a good team. But not a good team in general. I That, that was a little I was a little far. But let's look at this, okay? Eric Pestrell shoots... 29% from three. 29% from three. So I'm going to look up the three-point percentage leaders in the NBA right now. And I guarantee, I, I'm going to make a bet, he's not in the top 100. I guarantee he might not even be in the top 200. That's how bad he has been from three-point line. He's taking 2.2 attempts per night, which is a, it's not it's not a big um, sample size, but it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's not anything crazy. He is an absolutely, absolutely horrible three-point shooter. There's no getting around it. And then his defense. He is one of the worst defenders in the league. One of the worst defenders. He's slow. He's somewhat athletic, but he just has no interest in playing defense. You can blame this on... Devin Booker is not a big defensive presence either. Uh, Obviously. Yeah, I get that. But Eric Paschal was probably the worst defender at his position. And at least Devin Booker was bad, but not, like... Like like horror like horror. Well, he wasn't good, but he, you you get what I'm saying. He wasn't a, a, a complete utter trash like Eric Pascal was. Eric Pascal was one of the worst defenders in the league. So he's not good at defense. He's not good at three point shooting. He averaged four point six rebounds, so he's not this great rebounding presence. Two point one assists. Like he's not a great passer. He shot seventy seven percent foul line, which is you know it's okay, it's respectable. What does what is Eric Pascal good at other than mid range scoring? Oh. Anyone? Uh, he got drafted. And anyone? So and even mid range scoring, even mid range scoring, he shot. He shot forty two percent from ten to sixteen feet, forty five percent from sixteen sixteen to the three point line. He's not even a good mid range shooter. He's good scoring around the basket, and that's. It because teams don't care. Teams play the words like, "Oh, this is fun. We beat this team by forty points." Because they're awful. They're playing a bunch of G leaguers like Damian Lee and Michael Mulder, twenty nine minutes a night each. Michael Mulder. This team is absolute trash. They don't do anything they want. They were tanking for a high pick. They're gonna get a high pick. They're gonna reset next year. Steph Curry injured the entire season. Clay Thompson injured the entire season. Draymond Green couldn't give two craps about this season. The Warriors were absolute garbage. So they just said, hey, Eric Pascal, we're just gonna they're probably gonna deal him. They're probably gonna deal him in the offseason because his trade value is at an all-time high. Because now how many minutes does Eric Pascal play? Oh, I'm gonna tell you? Sure, I, I will tell you. He was playing 28 minutes a night. And Mulder was playing more minutes a yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Eric Pascal. Not not good at basketball. Okay, some people are gonna say, some people are gonna say, oh, he's a promising rookie with a bright future. I beg to defer. Put him on, a, put him on a contender. Put him on a team like the Boston Celtics, who even then they're in need of some bench scoring. He's a scrub. He's he's. A, I think Eric Pascal is just a scrub, plain and simple. When he was, oh oh, this is what I love. When he was on the court, when he was on the court, they were a negative eleven. When he was off the court, they were negative four point five. They were, they were what? six. They were six 
and a, and a half negative? points better. Wait, wait, what do you mean by negative? Oh, here, let me put this in simple terms. Yes. When Eric Paschal was off the court, they were 6.5 points better than when he was on the court. That's that's a substantial difference. And, uh, you know, I th- what I should have done was not let you... Inter- I should have gone first, not let you interrupt at all, and then tell Aiden to drugs. You're so. Oh, he's also got a below average PER. The average PER is 15. He's got a 14.5. Well, um, let's go off of when Devin Booker, when Devin Booker had a, had absolutely no talent around him, like 2017-2018. That's when uh, that's the year that before DeAndre Ayton was drafted, I believe. Um, and the best player on that team was, I do not recall. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, he put up his three-point percent. His three-point percentage was 38%, um, which is okay, I guess. It's pretty good. That's pretty good, especially yeah, considering well, you shoot seven shots a night. That's, that's pretty good. Anyways, keep going. His, his points, he his points per game was twenty four point nine, which is I uh I don't. I don't Here's know. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing. Those Here's, are pretty good. I'm yeah. hearing that Devin Booker is an elite scorer. An elite scorer. That's what I'm hearing. Twenty six point one points per game. Sometimes they were bad. And was this last season too? Yeah. No. Oh, this season we even. No, two se- two seasons ago. Excuse me. Those stats are even good. Two seasons. I think he's got. He averages twenty two points per game for his career on thirty five percent shooting, which isn't great, but it's not terrible. He shot thirty eight percent on seven attempts a night. He was an all star. I mean, you could argue he's not going to be as good as on a championship contender, but couldn't you say that about any young star? Well, I think I mean, you put Eric Pascal on any other team, he might be in the G. Well, not any other team, but if you put him on a playoff team, he might be in the G League. I don't know about that. I. I He's horrible, 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 horrible yeah, defensively. Maybe. A I rotational mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I see what you're saying. The, okay. At, at best, he's a rotational guy. There's no way he his 14.3 okay. yeah. points per game right, yeah, translate, yeah, yeah. and right. he doesn't offer anything else. Okay. Yeah. I rest my case. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to say. You're all right. Does that, does that conclude? That's that conclude yeah, I think Thomas wins. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, he wins. All right. So, All right. All right. For this last topic, it's going to be me versus Colin trying to find our way into the whoever wins gets in the championship with Thomas. Uh, and what we're going to be debating is Bucks versus Raptors. Now, who would win in the seven game yes. series? Uh, Colin thinks the Bucks, and I personally think the Bucks too, but. I could definitely see the Raptors winning, so I'm just going to put up a debate for them. I personally think the Bucks, but it's it's pretty close, I think, between the two teams, and I'm going to just debate for the Raptors. Colin, you can start off with an opening case. Okay. Well, my opening case would be that the Raptors can't possibly win in the long run because Lowry's cake would be holding them back, okay? My case, I'm just kidding. All right. So I have all the times that the Raptors face the Bucks, and the Bucks absolutely destroy them in the matchups. Like so, the playoffs last year, right? Uh, I believe that this was this year. We're gonna com- I'm gonna compare it from the uh, their matchups this year. Okay. And let's just go with their standings in the uh, regular season. Toronto had Thomas. 46 wins. Milwaukee had 53. Okay. Uh, head-to-head. Head-to-head. Uh, both times, the Bucks won. Okay. First one was 108 to 97. Then 115 to 105. Uh, both were those homer. Who was like home and away? Uh, it's it's hard see. to find out. I do not. It's fine. It's whatever. All right. But it says up here uh, at home games the Bucks were twenty eight and three. On the road they were twenty five and nine. And 
For Toronto at home, they were 23 and 9, and on the road, they were also 23 and 9. So, and then versus teams in the East, the Bucks were 34 and 5, uh, and Toronto was 30 and 10. Versus teams in the West, Bucks were 19. The Bucks were the better regular season team. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right, let me spill it. All right. Well, there's certainly a case to be made for the Bucs. Obviously, I think the Bucs will win, but the Raptors. First, you have to look at the Bucs. When you look at the supporting cast, when you look at it, not even how deep each team is, and depth definitely plays a factor, especially in the playoffs, the Raptors got them right there. All right? That's first of all. Second of all, Giannis, the star of the team. The physical. Said, the phys- what, what's all right, yeah, last time. No, no, no. I know what you're going to say. Oh, and the, I had the Clippers and Lakers debate. Yes, the star power means more than the depth. I still stand by that. But the depth still plays a factor. Yeah. And the Raptors have the depth. And the have the star power. Giannis versus... All right, all right. Um, okay. The Raptors, where was I? All right, it was with their depth. And now, when I look at it, Giannis' physical play style, Okay. It's not going to – the physical play style may be a little more effective. We're not really too sure because they've had such a long break. But in the playoffs, that that physical style, it, it doesn't typically work. Giannis, his play, you know, it, it it certainly didn't get better or even stay the same on last year's playoffs. In fact, I think he got worse. And a whoa, little- whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to speed – hold up. Okay. It's talking about <laughs> – we're, we're not going to speed past this. Like you just said, Giannis has got worse. <laughs> okay. Well. It, How has he gotten worse? In what aspects of basketball okay. has he gotten worse? No, 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 no. I said from the regular season to the playoffs. Oh, I thought you meant from. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant from last year to this year. I was no. like, whoa, let's, let's slow down I, there, boys. Okay. Yeah, he he got worse from the reason he didn't play. Okay, sure. Okay, that's 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 fine. Yeah, but I I thought you meant. You and when you look at it, the the Raptors beat the Bucks last year. Granted, they had Kawhi, but you know that may add a little bit of a fear factor to it. The Bucks, they've struggled in the playoffs these these past you know this past year or two, and the Raptors, they have, you know, basically everybody on the team was part of that championship roster last year. You know, they have that, uh, sure, what's Kawhi, the word, that pedigree, if you will, right? Kawhi was the real center of that whole thing. I mean, yes, but also, I think the Raptors are hungry because they are being slept on again. People are saying, oh, you don't have Kawhi, you don't stand a chance. They are a hungry team. That's like, a lot of the people listening might not get this, but that's like saying, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we had uh, people... Let's say Thomas's town team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's say they had a couple of better players. Yeah, sure, they won the championship last year, but Thomas isn't in the league anymore. But all the rest of the players are still there. It, uh, it's. I think it's a little. I think it's a little. I think it's a little, think it's a little more yeah. complex than that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, is a, rap- that is a fair point. Yeah. So. And when you look at it, you know the defense, um, defensive perspective from it. Not only does Giannis seem to get a little worse in the playoffs, but the Raptors' defensive system, their brick wall, whatever you want to say, it is... Um, the Great Wall of Toronto. Yeah, it, it's very effective against a guy like Giannis. And they have the size to match up with them. They have the, the scheme, if you will, to match up with them. And when it comes to offensively, I think the Raptors can hit threes. And that's important against a team like the Bucks that prioritizes uh, paint protection. So... Uh, that's just where I'm going to leave it off for the opening statement. Uh, let's, uh, I had stat leaders from these, uh... Is this regular season again? Yes. Okay, so that's, that's no, a... Just, I know, I get it, but that's a big part of my thing. Like, when it comes to the playoffs, as much well, as the Bucks are ready... you can't say playoffs because Kawhi isn't there anymore. So well, they all... They were on the... Well, I can say playoffs because, first of all... Most of these guys were on the team last year. Sure, they were. But okay, so so does that game? does that experience in the, does that playoff that championship experience for Kyle Lowry disappear now that Ka- uh, Kawhi's gone? There's still something no. to it. it I get what you're saying, but there's still something to it. And 
Okay. And for the Bucks, uh, Kawhi didn't leave the Bucks. Yeah. What? He, what? Well, he's saying, if I'm talking about what happened in the playoffs last year, he's saying, well, Kawhi's gone now. Mm-hmm. He was their main piece. You said Kawhi didn't leave the Bucks. Yeah, I know, because he, but, because I was talking about how the Bucks struggled in the playoffs last oh, year. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's a big what if, because what if they don't this year? Like, that, what do you to mean? say that they struggled last year, what's the evidence that they will this year? I mean, there's no evidence that... You know, th- what about the year before that? Did they struggle in the playoffs that year? They got swept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, They've struggled in the playoffs. What about the Raptors before they had... The fist, their play style... The Bucks have struggled as a team, and Giannis's physical play style hasn't succeeded in the playoffs in just, the past. Just one up. Again, I'm not on, I'm not on either side, but I will say that the Toronto Raptors are eight and zero in series that did not feature LeBron James. Carry on. Walks off. <laughs> I just I just wanted I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, Colin. What do you what, what what are your thoughts on that? The fact that the Toronto Raptors are eight and zero against teams in the playoffs that do not have you LeBron. Mean, like, LeBron too. Yes. I don't know. Um, uh, is pretty close to LeBron James. Um, like playing like, like right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like yeah. Overall wise. Right. right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, Do you got anything to say? I I don't know. I just... Do you want? All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think this is kind of wrapped up, but here are my personal, here are my personal thoughts, okay? Aiden, you, you forgot to, I, I was a little disappointed, you forgot to bring up the fact that how bad were Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe last year? Eric Bledsoe averaged like 10 points. I said that team as a whole wasn't good. Well, even so, you could have pointed out the fact that the second and third options played like role players. Eric Bledsoe, 10 points per game, 29% from the field, 17% from three, got outplayed by a bench player in George Hill. Okay. Well, as a Celtics fan, after watching Chris that's Middleton's performance again, that's that's true. I Chris Middleton I goes mean... off against the Celtics every year. But what I will say, what I will say is this: um, the Milwaukee Bucks, like they've got they've got the defense, they've got the offense. Okay, we know what we're getting from them. The Raptors have the heart. The Raptors have the yeah. defense, and I think oh, they have a good offense, but I don't think they're as as great of a two-way team as the Bucks are. Sure. I think the Bucks have the better offense. You can make the argument the Bucks have the better offensive team and defensive team. Well, the thing is, Aiden didn't bring up much stats. He just brought up, oh, their spirit. Movie. That was one of my points. That was your main point. That was not my main point. Is there any other final points you guys would like to add? So uh, I, before I can make my final uh, decision, because this is tough. The defensive Yeah, it's not a lame argument. Uh, the defense of the Bucks, people might say, oh, yeah, Toronto is a much better team all around defensively than the Bucks are. But the Bucks didn't have that much worse stats than uh, Toronto did. Uh, Toronto will have 106 points on average, and Milwaukee had 107. I think so. You're a, a one point so you're saying the Raptors had the better defense? Yeah, by a little bit. By just a hair, but a lot of people might think that the Raptors have much better defense when it's not really that much of a better. No, I think most people think the Bucks have a better yeah, defense. No, I did. And it- offensive wise, uh, Milwaukee scored five more, five point six more points per game, had six more rebounds, had like. Point five more assists, uh, and field goal percentage they were two percent better. I think a lot of my argument is too that the Bucks and there, I, although there isn't evidence this year, obviously, but in the past there has been that the Raptors will get better in the playoffs, the Bucks will get a little worse. And that was and great. past evidence has shown, shown that before, and yeah, like Giannis, last year. And Giannis just keeps getting better every year. 
maybe next, maybe this year. Well, Kyle be. Lowry, I mean, he got he got a lot better in the playoffs last year. Pascal Siakam, he's getting better every year. Yeah, because yeah, because we're younger players. Yeah, so both teams have a lot of younger players well, that are getting we better. Have people like Eric Bledsoe. Okay, so yeah, so you're you're telling me the Raptors are more a younger team getting better at a more rapid pace than the Bucks because no. they're an older team. So. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Any other final statements? Because I'm not, I'm not I, I, I can't. I, it's hard for me to make a decision right now. Let's just spend like a mad debate. Okay, so it was it was close. It, it's it's tight. I honestly don't care if you choose them. I'll slide with Aiden just a little bit. Oh, the slightest, slightest the, slim, the slimmest of margins. But neither of you Did gave, 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 me, gave me something great. But now, we are going to get into the final argument. Okay, final round. Thomas and me. And Thomas is talking about, well, or we're debating about, he thinks Chris Paul had a better year this year, and I think Russell Westbrook, because I'm just doing the opposite of what he thinks, and I think it's pretty close. So, Thomas, you can start off. All right, so let's start it off. Let's start. Let's start it off with this. If you know I'm a Thunder fan, you're gonna immediately say, "Oh, you're biased." But here's the thing: I am a bigger Russ fan than I am a Chris Paul fan. I like Russ Westbrook way more than I like Chris Paul. Okay, so I, this isn't a biased argument or anything. This is just the facts. The facts of the argument. Okay, let's get right into it. So, here, here let me let me address a couple of things. One, okay. Let's look at the first. Let's look at the teams because we, we gotta bring it up. Okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets have the exact same record. Colin, a year ago, a year ago today, uh, or not a year ago, let's before the beginning of the season, who would you have predicted to have a better record, the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, the Rockets. The Rockets. People thought Oklahoma City was gonna be a bottom feeder. That's just, that's the reality. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. But Chris Paul has left them back. They have the same exact record, despite OKC having a worse roster. Russell Westbrook is the second-best player on his team, has the benefit of having James Harden. They had Clint Capello for part of the season. They've had Robert Covington, P.J. Tucker. They, um, uh, the actually, benefit? Wasn't everybody saying, oh, um, you know, how will Russell Westbrook ever coexist with James Harden? It's still James Harden, and they've clearly coexisted well. Yeah, I mean, that's a credit to him adapting, but before the season wasn't everybody saying. And the fact that they're still, they still have the same exact record as the Thunder, who traded away their two best players, that's that's crazy. Well, that's, that should not happen, okay? Now let's look at the stats, because stats are everything in the basketball world. Chris Paul, okay, let's look at Chris Paul, has the higher field goal percentage, has the higher three-point percentage, has the higher two-point percentage, has the higher effective field goal percentage, has the higher free throw percentage, has the higher PER, has the higher true shooting percentage. All across the board, all across the board, Chris Paul is the better shooter. It's it's not it's not even close. Okay, he blows um, Russell Westbrook out of the water in every single shooting statistic. Okay, now let's get into passing. Um, both both guys are great passers, okay? Chris Paul averages 6.8 assists per game. Russell Westbrook averages 7 assists per game. So it's extremely close. However, wait, Russell Westbrook averages more points and more assists despite being the second option behind James Harden. I, I'm not – don't worry. I'm not, I'm not quite done. Okay. So the, Russell Westbrook averages 0.2 more assists per game, right? He also – Turnover. He also has – a 34.4 usage percentage compared to Chris Paul's 23.2. And and he has 4.5 turnovers per game compared to Chris Paul's 2.2. And oh, this is this is one of my one of my personal favorite stats um that I have seen I'm, when I've seen. When Jane when Russell Westbrook is off the floor, James Harden has the highest usage rate in NBA history. When James Harden is off the floor, Russell Westbrook has the highest usage rate in NBA history. Okay? So, we, I could say Chris Paul, is he's been the better passer. He's been the better, more efficient passer for this team. And then, let's look at the advanced numbers. Because advanced numbers, they're extremely important. And you have to look at them. Chris Paul leads Russell Westbrook in offensive win shares. 
defensive win shares, win shares in general, win shares per 48 minutes, offensive box plus minus, defensive box plus minus. I honestly don't disagree with board. you. It, it, it's just tough for me, John. I thought I would be able to, but I, I think Chris Paul had the better season. I thought it was, I think it's close. I mean, you definitely widen the gap a little bit. I think you should win, but I, I'm not just trying. I just thought I, maybe I could put up a. This is similar to the ra- the Raptors and Bucks. Like I was just like I siding. I think the ra- uh, the Bucks, but I think I could put up an argument for the Raptors. Same thing. I think Chris Paul was better, but I thought I could put up. You really just can't. Like, so oh, I, I don't know. Like I don't really know what to tell you, besides like GG. You know, I I don't know what else to say, besides maybe score more points per game, more assists despite being second option on James Harden, but then you factor in usage rate and. And then turnovers and efficiency for those, you know, the points and obviously assists. I mean, I thought I'd be able to maybe put up something despite going up against my own opinion, but nope. Good job. Thank you. All right, right, that's going to wrap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was kind of obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. I wish I should have came up with a better topic, but I thought I would have been able to. Uh, but it's tough to go up against your own opinion, I guess. But not as close as I thought, I guess. But anyway, that's going to wrap today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go check out Ball on Today's work. And yeah, anything else to say? Don't think so. Make sure to go Make sure to go um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to go follow um, BIDW.media on Instagram. Uh, and make sure to go check out the website. That'd be great. Thank you. That's All right, that's going to wrap today's episode. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Colin. And uh, again, if you have any, uh, if you want to call in, go to the Anchor mobile app and send in a voice message there, and you can be featured. You can say whatever you want to say, ask any questions, debate me, whatever. We haven't had a caller in a while, so it'll be nice to see somebody call in. But thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.